You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dimity and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. And we're back with the Counting Lights Podcast. Oh, I'm tired, I'm old, I'm hurt, and I work with fucking children, Chris. I want it on a shirt. Uh, well, that's, that's a fucking that's marketing for you. Welcome to the re-recorded episode. Yeah, so, <laughs> so let's kind of put this in perspective. So last Woo. Saturday we, we no record- last Sunday. Yeah, we recorded last an Sunday. Episode. We recorded an episode, yeah. and uh, we and it, and it was prior to Dan was going to have a little watching party for a bunch of people over for here all for, out. For yeah, all out. And all out happened, and that made every single thing that we said on that podcast completely and totally fucking obsolete. So we were talking about the CM Punk information. Now this this show goes off whatever the the news is going in the wrestling world, and the news happened to be about CM Punk's status backstage and the hang, Hangman Adam Page, all that, right. and then Colt, uh, you know this lawsuit with Colt Cabana. And what happened right after we recorded that? They, it's almost like they listened the, to the episode and they, they were they like, let's evolve this. Yes. <laughs> let's do completely and totally the opposite of what Dan and Chris think. Well, things things took a turn uh, at the all-out media scrum. Took a turn First for the all, nurse. What do you think about these, like, press conferences at wrestling um, shows? I think it's a little fucking weird. Yeah? Because it's, it's a little uh, behind the curtain, hey, don't look at the man behind the curtain, you know, fucking yeah, Lizard of but Oz then, shit. And, but it's still presented in character and stuff. Uh, you know, that's okay, why I think it's weird. so uh, this, and that's, it's like everybody knows it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think that probably to control the situation, I have these issues, I think that maybe Tony Khan goes out and does his own fucking scrub well, in front, you know, like they kind do of it a, in WWE now too. I just want, yeah, that's, I, I just want your opinion. Don't, don't rush to spoilers I, just I, yet. I, I think it's a little <laughs> weird. I think it's, I, it's like, Hey, let's pretend like we all don't know that this is still work. Yeah. You know, that kind of shit. But I think, you know what I think? I, I think know, they, fucking, there was some shooting going on in that fucking press conference. I, th- I think that the wrestling right now concentrates too much on, Trying to mimic the segments and sports, if that's uh, well, if that's I think true. that I think in particular, I think that uh, they are trying to take too many uh, little nuances from the MMA world. Yeah, no, you could say that was like a that, post UFC press conference. Yeah, it's almost yeah, like almost. they're going, "Oh, this is what like." And, and, and what USC has always done is they've taken fucking thing, they've taken bits and pieces from fuck what the what pro wrestling has yeah, done, yeah. and so now they're stealing from the people that stole from them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think it's a little weird. Um, but you know, when you run a little segment like that, and you can get somebody in there that yeah, uh, can, can't get any repercussions, sometimes it creates fucking gold, Ooh, man. Apparently, so. I, now I'm not the type of per, I'm not the type of wrestling fan that'll watch press conferences. I don't care. After I just watched mm. a five hour pay per view, you could not. You're hit like me. the last thing I want to do. The is last play. thing I want to do is hear him talk. You know yeah, right. about it, and about- I, I find it to be like. I find it to be weird in the sense that uh, it's like you want to go hide yourself, like it's like after yeah. masturbation, you just like oh, I just want to forget the whole thing like, happened. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the pay per view for a second. I'm going to give my opinion on the pay per view. The pay per view was meh, in my opinion, with one of the greatest endings. Okay, all right. So the beginning of the show, the uh, it was the the a ladder match with the Joker, and everybody's expecting MJF to be that Joker. Okay. Well, we get to that spot, the sympathy for the devil by the Rolling Stones plays. Mm-hmm. They bought the rights to that song. They play this Rolling Stones song, you know. Very expensive, by the way. It, it, I mean, actually, I guess it would be cheaper than you thought because that they got it. You yeah, know? I think it's a, I think it's like the going rate somewhere between sixty and a hundred thousand dollars just to fucking use it on a like a TV show. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, well, I know they couldn't get uh, Europe's The Final Countdown. But they they were able to get the stones. I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> so this Big Jagger's dude, a fucking businessman. That was that's what went down. This dude, this devil looking guy, this guy with the devil mask comes out with the crew. The crew beats every fucking wrestler up. He climbs the ladder. He gets the chip. Blah blah blah. Then later in the show, we get Punk and Moxley. They put on a good match. Uh, Punk wins, and then a video vignette. Lights go out. Vignette starts, and it is a voicemail of Tony Khan. Uh, leaving for MJF, hey, we need you to come back. I'll pay you the money. I won't give you the expansion. Blending that worked shoot that they did. Right. You know, and then MJF reveals himself as the devil. 
meets punk up in front of the stage, stare down, shit talk, boom, cut to Sounds black. like, listen. Stellar. If, so, yeah, listen, if you have one moment like that mm-hmm. in a pay-per-view, put that's M- all you fucking need. Put MJF over this whole story did, because in an sh- arena in Chicago, they're shouting for MJF. They're not shouting for punk. Right. They're shouting. Brilliant. And then we get to the media scrum. Uh, so this is how I. For some in. of you that don't know, maybe that don't the watch post this, I can't believe press it. conference. I mean, it's such news now that hell, I know what's going on, and I don't pay attention. This to is going to be a dark side of the ring episode oh, here and, in like ten I, years, and I think it's good for the business. Sure, I think it's good. For, I think to put a little bit of, uh, you know, we always had this this idea that if you put a little bit of the truth in your interviews against your opponent, then it would piss them off. And then it would, it, it did, it kind of, it, it went over in, in the matches, you know, you get a sure. little more pissed off. I mean, listen, a couple more bumps and bruises aren't going to hurt anybody, but you end up taking, you, ever, you end up making money mm-hmm. and you end up taking care of each other. You don't want that other guy that you got this angle going on with to get hurt. <laughs> Well, there's also, there's a level of, profet- like, Brett and Sean could wrestle each other, sure. even though they hated each right. other. Would you like to know why? They didn't want to lose their jobs. Well, and two, uh, it's, it's professionalism. It was, yeah, it was a mo- it's, it make money. It's, it's all mm-hmm. about the draw. It's mm-hmm. all about drawing the money. Um, so, let's just open it up. It, it just, the, uh, I was, I was on Reddit, gonna leave my opinion of the pay-per-view, because I like the Reddit people. They seem to be, like, smart AEW fans. They know when something's bad, know when something's bad. level-headed. Not you got a couple of marks. one way or another, really, overly. You, you got a couple of marks in there, but okay. other than, you know, the few core people are, are really good. Uh, and then, so I leave my comment, and then the next comment is, oh, my God, turn on the press conference now. Punk is going ham. No, uh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Right. And I was just went over. So Punk starts it off, and maybe I'll play the audio in this episode, but mm. Punk uh, Punk starts off Why talking not? about uh, S- Scott Colton, who is Colt Cabana. Okay. Uh, the word going around for seven years was that Punk turned his back on his best friend, and in this diatribe Punk lays down about Scott Colton, um, we finally get Punk's side of the story, mm-hmm. and it would appear that Scott Colton is a mooch, uh, that was draining Punk for everything he had right. financially. Punk said, uh, the problem, the mistake I made was uh, I wanted to bring somebody with me to the top who did not see me at the top. Gotcha. Call it jealous, call it envy, whatever. Revealed that Scott Colton shares a bank account with his mother, which uh, <laughs> I'm with Kevin Nash on this. No, I'm with Kevin Nash on this. Kevin Nash said... Uh, <laughs> And he's sitting next to a dude using all his dad's money to fucking fund a wrestling yeah, no company. Right, right, right. <laughs> Kevin Nash is hilarious. Uh, um, always get a good fucking view from Nash, man. He knows the business. And then as this as this uh, diatribe uh, went on, Punk attacked Hangman Adam Page for uh, uh, well all their bullshit. And, and this was related to Hangman Adam Page. These people have gone along with Scott Colton's story for seven years. I mean, let's just be honest. I don't think anyone's looking at that situation right now. Punk left wrestling for seven years. Colt Cabana was still wrestling. Yeah. You know? um, and I think if you kind of uh, look at... Okay, those those guys were good friends in the independents. They, they were best, best friends. Buddies and, they were, you know... And uh, it gets to the point where, unfortunately... Um, and and, and it, there's a lot of factors that come into this. Yeah. But some people just don't fucking have the drive, Dan. You know what sure, I'm saying? Sure, sure, but but like but, some like, but they still want it. Yeah, they just don't know how to get there. Well, and sometimes the only thoughts that they can do mm-hmm. is to grab a hold of the nearest thing, the the nearest let I mean shooting star or whatever, fucking grab a hold of a, t- a coattail and hold on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we all do it to some aspects, but you got to fucking be able to put your head down and mm-hmm. work hard and. And I think one of the most important things of somebody that's successful and works real hard is the ability to believe that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of, our, because of our childhoods and our fucking past, you know, relationships or mm-hmm. whatever the fucking factor is, or it's just not in your fucking DNA, you can't figure out that this shit can really happen if you work properly. Sure. I mean, but I, I think this is more along the lines of, uh, of just... Uh uh, uh, punk was uh, was 
I think towards more of the end of the story because he was talking about you know it did Punk did not file a lawsuit on Gokaban. Punk right. filed a countersuit. Sure. Which and, and so Punk's talking about uh, how he uh, how he tried to get mediation, how he tried to talk to, to him on the phone about it, and no, we're gonna go ahead with the lawsuit, everything, and uh, even offered him money. It wasn't enough. It just it sounded like uh, uh, Punk really lost a best friend there. Right. And I hear Punk's side of the story, and I realize that you know. It's none of my business. It's none of your business. Sure. It's the fact that we're talking about that. It's a very sad story right. about a friendship ending, you know? And it's fucking embarrassing. He needs to talk about in 2022 is what he said. Sure. Um, I, agree. I agree. I'm I'm building a foundation here because it's very important to remember that Colt Cabana was still around for seven years wrestling. Now, why did Punk never share this side of the story? Well, as... As you heard, uh, Scott Colton, or Colt Cabana, I should say, uh, shares a bank account with his mother. And when they subpoenaed the mom, uh, everything was dropped and everything. He didn't want to, he didn't he didn't want to reveal that about, he, you know? There's a lot of people that don't want to re reveal their financials, especially if mm -hmm. you're not very fucking successful. But he didn't want to <laughs> reveal. And I guess it was a move out of like, well, I'll, you know, yeah, okay. I pity him, so I'm just going to. That's good lawyers. You know, you yeah, know? yeah. I, I, I would, uh, I would almost bet you that uh, that CM Punk's uh, Chicago lawyers are probably of the Hebrew persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> if you well, know what I'm saying, then they're sharing bank accounts with their mothers. So that's, <laughs> I, as as a Jew, that did not seem foreign to me. I was like, why, why is that a bad thing? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's listen. That was the one thing in that whole thing that shocked me the least. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fucking, you so get then, in a bad situation you gotta get the right people so I think and, and so he gets on to Hangman because Hangman uh, in the middle of their face off uh, he says went into business for himself right and then in an interview he went up because Hangman said he didn't need advice well I found both moments Chris and okay. I watched them so the promo he's talking about is CM Punk and Adam Hang uh, Hangman Adam Page's first promo when Punk is fuck, uh, fighting <laughs> for the title Hangman starts his monologue off, but he mentions, uh, he says, you want to talk about workers' rights when you've been the complete opposite since you've been here. And he's referring he's referring to the Scott Colton situation because when CM Punk came Cole in, Cabana. Cole Cabana got moved down to Ring of Honor and right. is now like non-existent. You don't see him. But um, then in the interview, look, let me just say this. I saw two things that were diplomatic as fuck. Like the way he answered the question about not needing advice and that promo. I mean, was that a shoot? Yeah, that was a shoot, the workers' rights thing. But mm. was it enough to say he was going into business for himself? No, yeah, I really. think I think he was doing what they do in AEW. Sure. He, you know, and this has happened before to Eddie Kingston. He didn't talk to Sammy Guevara about their shit talk and what they could say and what they couldn't say. So Sammy Guevara called him a fat shit. And next thing you know, Eddie Kingston suspended for two weeks for right. shoving Sammy Guevara's sure. face. Right. I think it's along the lines of that. I think Hangman was just like, I'm going to go to this level, kind of, and then he'll be able to work off of me. And I think this whole situation with Scott Colton, it's, I think it's just a really touchy subject for Punk. Well, you know? I'm sure. I'm and, you know, I'm sure that probably feelings are hurt. And, and I, and in this little tirade, he blamed the executive vice presidents, which you could throw in uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. But yeah. you can also throw in another person that was in the room, and she's also head of AEW Legal. Uh, you could. There, there are a lot of EVPs. Sure. Uh, Punk's thing, Punk's theory, because this has not been confirmed, hmm. was that the EVPs put out that rumor to bury their uh, uh, number one baby face. So he's ranting and raving about that, saying the EVPs who couldn't run a fucking target, that was a great quote, right? Uh, are falsifying which, which these is, rumors. Which is, which is fucking true. But is it, though? We don't know if the EVPs put out that rumor. But, that yeah, there's no yeah, confirmation on that. They would have to, they would have to, they would have to, you know, first, first of all, be able to get a job at Target. <laughs> then, then they would have to fuck it, and then they would have to fucking pass a test and qualify for the management fucking sure. training program. 
<laughs> and I can almost guarantee you none of that shit's going to happen. Look, I'm just being as unbiased as I can. <laughs> okay? So when, when, when Punk says something, like, oh, what Hangman did, I'm going to go look up what Hangman did and right. see if it's worth doing this right in front, right next to your boss. And why that boss isn't just, like, mouthing up no comment, no comment, I have no idea. I'll tell you who the... Who the who looks like the smartest motherfucker through this whole thing? Cody Rhodes. That you're fucking you hit yeah. it right on the fucking nose. Absolutely. Man. I'm telling you, and, and listen, we have not discussed this, so you and I are thinking in the same direction. Uh-huh. It makes me think that uh, Cody was able to see the forest for the trees. You know what I'm as saying? Far, like he yeah, was as far as like he um, maybe saw what fucking was going on when changes were being made, and that. And the stink that was fucking being brewed up from some of the executive vice presidents about not liking the way the changes were made. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? Got contracts coming up. Let's uh, make a couple phone calls. And, and you know, in Cody, in his goodbye letter, he has nothing against them. But it's he did kind of mention how they were clicky. He said, I don't know what you guys are going to talk about when you're in your circle. Right. Which is kind of like, ooh, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what sounds it was. Like, they like they were comedy, they were clicky <laughs> with each other, and they had. But uh, uh, you know, Cody admitted they just disagreed about wrestling. They just disagreed on the, the, sure, on the direction. Next step. They're and, still yeah. friends, whatever. See, I think Cody got out before his head exploded, and now Punk's head has exploded because I think Punk yeah. is looking into a situation too deep, and he's angry and he's mad and you know he's you know. And I think that, you know, in reflection now, you can probably see that this was coming. You know, Cody started working with the doing the fucking reality show. Mm-hmm. And he started doing the uh, the, the uh, talent show thing that he did with fucking Burt Kreischer. Sure, fucking, he, was, he was blowing up. Yeah, but the he big was, show. But he was yeah. honestly doing what was best for AEW, yeah. getting more eyes on the yeah. product by doing yeah. all that shit. Yeah. Um, and now, so... We bring up Punk. Now, you can have your opinions of Punk. Was sure. it an asshole thing to do? Or was it a guy who legitimately thought that uh, the executives of his company were trying to bury him? You know? Yeah. Uh... And and then you got everybody talking about Scott Colton, which is clearly a touchy subject for him. Right. You know? And he can't avoid it. And he, I mean, he shouldn't. I mean, I am kind of agree with him on this point. It's 2022. Right. You know, and who he decides, let's just say Punk fucked him over. Who he decides to be friends with, it's kind of weird for me to care. Fucking up to him. You know? Right. Like, if I'm not friends with somebody anymore, I don't want uh, people on my Facebook talking about it. That's why I've never understood when people break up and then they post something about their ex. Why would you ever do that? All that shit. Anyways, so let's get to um, what happened afterwards. Jesus. So I'm just going to tell you so the general he, situation. So pay-per-view. We had pay-per-view. And then we, we had, had the scrum. And then we had the scrum. Punk leaves. So this is the basic situation, what happened, and then we'll go with both sides of the story, okay. and we'll go with who was in the room. Now let's find this out. Okay. So, by the way, you're going to miss Leland's football game. Uh, <laughs> this is a long one. Not okay, chance. so Punk goes back to his locker room and uh, is approached – by the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. Fight breaks out for six minutes. Ace Steel is involved. Many people in the room. Lots of personnel. Um, and then a security guard is seen on camera, by the way, during the scrum uh, from one of the reporter's phones running out of there. And then uh, when Jericho is the last one in the interview at the, uh, at the press conference, at the end of the press conference, you can see Jericho kind of Tell Tony Khan some shit went down. So, what side of the story do you want first, Chris? Because I got the details. Well, why don't you why don't you start at the beginning? Okay, so we're gonna go with Punk's side of the story. I think that's okay. That's the last person you see on TV. Okay, that's good. And his words kind of ignited this. Yeah, let's go with Punk's side. And and listen, I I told you this, and I want everybody to kind of hear this. Else, you know, all fucking six of you motherfuckers will listen. there's that. more people now, actually. People have been playing catch-up. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think it, I think he's got to the point where Punk is in his mid-40s. Yeah. 
And he's like, why Why do I have to fucking pretend something anymore? Why do yeah, I have to sure, fucking hide shit, sure. shit anymore? He's he's kind of he's kind of at the top of where the best he's ever been. And it's not going to get any better than this. And he's like, why do I have to keep lying? Why can't I just say what my opinion is? And so, unfortunately, like if Tony Khan's going to put it out there where we're going to fucking, we're going to pull the curtain back and you're going to see what's going on and he's going to be able to say what he wants to say, then he's going to fucking say it. you got to pay the price. And I'll tell you. <laughs> we'll get to Tony Khan. We're going to get to Tony Khan and what how Tony okay. Khan's handled the situation. Right. I just, I we got to describe the but, events. That, okay, go yeah. ahead. So, so Punk gets done and he This is away. Punk's side of the story. Go for it. Punk goes back to his locker room, closes the door. He has Ace Steel uh, uh, and his wife there because uh, uh, she was watching the dog. Larry, CM Punk's dog, had gotten loose before the event started and actually got up on the ramp, got the biggest pop of the night. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a true, that's a true <laughs> fact. Um, so, you know, Ace Steel, Punk's mentor, also producer, just got fined, by the way, for uh, the F-bomb he dropped uh, a couple dynamites ago. Yeah. Um, so, ha- you know. It happens. It does happen. Um, so Punk's in there. This is their side of the story, that the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, kick in the door. Uh, words are exchanged, and then uh, Punk throws a shot at one of the Jacksons, uh, uh, and uh, it was a three-on-one situation. Uh, I heard, I saw some reports that uh, A. Steel blew up because it was his wife in the room, and uh, he threw a chair, hit one of the Jacksons, who caused a black eye on them, and then uh, Omega started a little something did with say, A. Steel. Did, did you say a black guy? No, 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 no. What I said, oh, a black, black eye. A black <laughs> Sorry. eye. Sorry. Ace Steel and Kenny Omega went at it. There was biting and hair pulling. Like fucking. From Ace Steel. Bunch of fucking bitches. Yes. Right. And that uh, when broken apart, yelling and cussing further. But uh, uh, punks, they said, kicked open the door. All right. Now we're going to go with the elite side of the story. They, uh, they walked up. They they do admit to open. So this is uh this is Omega. And, this is Omega and, and Matt Bucks. and Nick Jackson. Okay, that's the Young Bucks, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. They uh they admit to not knocking on the door, but just simply walking in. Okay. Before they could even get a word out, Punk is hot. He's yelling stuff. He throws sucker punches at Nick. Matt tries to intervene. Chair is thrown. Hits Nick, and I could have those brothers all the okay. way around, but yeah. it just No, explains. it doesn't matter. They're interchanges. They're like free birds. A Steel throws the chair. Kenny Omega, and, and by the way, I believe this part of the story because of it is just on brand with who Kenny Omega is. Okay. Kenny Omega grabs Larry, hands him off to somebody to get Larry to safety because the dog is barking, grapping, whatever. Right. Kenny Omega is an animal activist. Kenny Omega's been gone for a year. I can't imagine him having any emotional attachment to what Punk just said. Sure. He's been gone with all these injuries, right. you got to remember. Yeah. So for Kenny Omega to be just hot and pissed off, I couldn't see it. He's been gone since Punk's been around. So anyways, grabs the dog. When he comes back in to break everybody up, that's when Ace Steel grabs Kenny Omega, because probably Ace Steel thinks Kenny Omega's joining sure. in grabbing the hair and trying to bite Kenny Omega. They get separated. Um, as you can take a side if you want to, listeners, but uh, the result of the whole thing as the suspension of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, suspension of AEW personnel in there that okay. didn't do anything <laughs> to break this up sooner. Hey, you guys quit that. Hey, stop it, guys. <laughs> I said stop. Guys, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop it, guys. Stop. Guys, fucking out. Guys. Come on. Um, and then CM Punk, I guess, was injured during his match that night, but he has to have, like, arm surgery. And he's yeah, out he's got to reattach, reattach a bicep or a tricep out, or something. Yeah. Out for eight months anyway. Who was in the room? Uh, it was confirmed today MJF was in the room along with uh, the chief, AEW's chief, head of legal... Okay. She must have been enjoying that scene. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Omega Parekh. I hope that's... Who's that? That's the chief legal officer of AEW and the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lawyer. A lawyer. A lawyer, but I also think uh, an executive vice president, and she was seen walking uh, away from the locker room with Larry. So there's the person you handed Larry off to. 
from the elite okay. side of the story. Right. Um, anyways, they have uh, launched an investigation. They've interviewed everybody on webcam and wherever they needed to. So what are the suspensions? Did they announce the suspensions? They, they just not, said suspensions. They did not announce the suspensions and Dynamite the next night. They had no frame of reference to it at all. No further comment, if you World will. World title stripped and is now up for a tournament, and they crowned new trios ta- uh, tag uh, champs that night. Wow. Um, on Monday? No, on Wednesday. Oh, okay. this was Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Wednesday. So uh, uh, no word on what's going to happen Okay. To look, look, Punk's getting a suspension somewhat. Well, right he's going to get a suspension. Yeah, he's got to fucking be out because he's got to have uh, surgery on his arm. Um, so. I don't think, you know, time, I don't time think, served. You know? I don't think we take a side until AEW or just whoever's invested, the legal firm investigating this, say mm. this is the side that went down. Well, I don't think we take a side. Um, I'll t- I'll tell you my opinion first of all, and it's just really simple. I mean, it doesn't take a fucking brain surgeon to figure this one out. That uh, if, you know, I always, I was always in the group locker rooms. Sure. Okay. So, uh, you know, and I know some guys, uh, you know, the big names, like Hogan always had his own rock locker room. Steve Austin always had his own locker room. You know, mm-hmm. Bret Hart always had his own locker room. And maybe in those locker rooms, maybe they would invite one or two of their close you know, uh, uh, friends. Sure. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen, I've seen wrestling locker rooms. Sure. You know, I've seen how. Well, it is. and these were. It's you a know, pretty casual I'm, I'm talking, atmosphere. Yeah, right? you know, like usually it's a bunch of guys fucking hanging out, and the boys want to hang out with the boys anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, but you know, I always said uh, things are lonely at the top. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, because um, everybody. You know, you fucking cut your own deal and everybody's out for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's just the way the business is. But if I'm in a private locker room and somebody that we know, I don't really care for, comes and comes bursting through my door, let's just say they didn't kick the door in. Let's say that's, they opened it. They just, the, they just opened let's, it and went let's, in. Let's say they opened it with, with, uh, with, with uh, uh, some uh, personality. And, and, and I, and that side of the story makes sense to me because they admitted to a fault. Yeah, they, like they that's, admitted to a fault walk, without knocking. If you walk into my locker room and I'm, whether I'm changing or not, or I'm standing mm-hmm. there and having conversations with my, with the people that I do want in my locker room, and you're coming uninvited, um, that's that's your first offense, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, in in uh, you know in the wrestling business, like you don't just walk into a room. Yeah. You fucking like it, especially if you know somebody's in there. You fucking knock, man, because somebody might be calling to finish. They don't want they don't want you to fucking talk about. Sorry, that menthol views hit. Yeah, this those babe. Are, yeah man. By the I haven't dude. had the menthol before. Sorry to change. The That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we can all agree. Menthol views. Go ahead. <laughs> So that's the first offense. That yeah. right there, you're you you're under this whole fucking situation wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have walked in that locker room. You see what I'm it's, saying? It's true, but then like if again, you want to have a conversation, you send somebody in, having come out. Th- then and, again, and, then or again, meeting a neutral. You know, Punk did say in his diatribe, almost at the the last of it, if you have a fucking oh yeah, problem, right? Come into I, my locker room. Gotcha, let's fucking that. go. Yeah. I forget to mention okay, that. Okay, well. He basically opened the door yeah. in that tirade. And they um, took him up on it. I don't think I don't think Punk had a reason not to sw- I don't think Punk had a reason uh to not swing. I don't I don't believe the story that they didn't get a word out. I believe like Punk started talking shit and then shit talk was then delivered right, back. Right. And someone said something that uh you know uh, honestly, he's taken offense to a- Hangman Adam Page's diplomatic Because uh, sal- when Hangman Adam Page was asked uh, about mentorship from Sting and Punk, Sting, Sting's involved in this question. He said, I don't need it. Hangman said, well, I'm stubborn. I really don't take advice. So he admits to a fault right there sure. in the I'm stubborn okay. part of it. Well, you know? that's true. Is I there mean- any reason to really get pissed at him? He's, he answered it as honest and diplomatically. But in, and listen, know. if we're shooting, we're shooting. Let's be honest and be truthful, and, you know? And it's honestly, like we don't have no. to start a fight over but it. But honestly, I'm watching Hangman going, are these actually even shoots? Like, the, right. you know, like the... the 
the workers' rights. Like he uh, he was painting on. it as as bland, but like as as blurred with the lines sure. as you can get on reality and fantasy. Right. And punk, it was a really touchy subject for punk. And then he sees an interview. This guy he doesn't particularly like is saying that he doesn't get doesn't listen to advice. Yeah, punk. Punk, I think Punk kind of overreacted, and I think the main person to blame in all this is Tony Khan. Hmm. He needs to get a better hold of that locker room. His little system right now isn't working. Well, you're definitely correct about that. Like 50% of the locker room is mad that they don't get enough TV time, so that's so they're bitter against Punk for that. He's one right. of the people, you know. And then the other 50%, uh, uh, you know, I'm not even going to say 50%, but you got a group of in there who are mad at Punk because they've heard all the Colt Cabana stuff for so many years. Right. And now with this situation, a couple people side with Punk. I'm sure he's got his friends, but a lot of the locker room is just like, why? Where, what's his punishment? You know? Is yeah. he coming back? Is he not coming back? Well, to the people who feel like they're not getting enough TV time or interview time or whatever, you know, there was a... There was a, a average middle card wrestler back in the uh, early to mid 90s and uh, he didn't get much TV time and he just like you know but when he went out to wrestle and he did get some time to interview he made the best of it Mm -hmm. and uh, and that was a rock and he fucking turned it into fucking something important I you would, see what I'm saying? But like, I would say like you got to do something with the time that you do give you. I, I, you know but I saying? would say, now here's the problem. I would say some of those wrestlers that uh, I would imagine they're upset about their lack of TV time, some of those wrestlers were given opportunities to be to do segments, and a lot of them did well. The problem at AEW is there's too many fucking people. And now, like, I'm seeing this. Talked about that. We've it, talked about that. We've and talked about that. But if one, of his, <laughs> one of his writing solutions I've noticed is if, Oh, well, if they're not getting TV time, put them in a group. Let's right. just put everybody in a yeah. fucking stable. Put everybody in a group. Uh, even now, we, you have the, uh, the the Gun Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty or Johnson. I don't even remember his name. Uh, and then Big Cass, uh, W. Morrissey. That, that is a rule a of thumb. That's they're a rule all of in thumb. a group right. now. It's just, it's... <sighs> Tony so they Khan. have an identity without having to have an identity. Tony Khan doesn't know what he's doing. Like, he, I mean, he makes great stories. The MJF story, great. This long, drawn-out storytelling process, great. The problem is your roster is stacked. It's affecting TV time. Now your roster's pissed. Now we're getting in situations where people are getting mad at other people. Sure. And now we're fighting backstage. You got to put your foot down because, and I, I fucking, I shit on Vince McMahon all the time. That shit would never go down nope. under Vince McMahon's fucking, fucking chance. Not even triple he, Triple H he, would never fucking let that go down. They would send your ass fucking home packing so mm-hmm. goddamn quick. Now, as far as arguments and disagreements in the back, shit happened. Sure. Shit happened. Shit has happened. And but we didn't hear about it till twelve years later, thirteen years well, later. Well, and it wasn't because you you separated the businesses and personal mm-hmm. feelings. You know what I'm saying? Or, or sometimes you just fucking went out there and fucking took it out on the guy when you fucking got him in the ring. But now we, we hear about it as funny stories in the WWE yeah. Network documentaries. We, we're not, yeah. th- you know, this no. is this bled through into the real world and, like, all the fucking marks know about it, you know? Because you can't keep it away from them. Because you can't, no. you know? Uh, the internet fucking, yeah. And this the internet is and those fucking pocket TVs. And at the same time, this is what happens when you have post-wrestling press conferences. You're bringing the biggest <laughs> fucking you, marks on the planet. What do you fucking expect? You're bringing the biggest fucking marks on the planet. Dude, putting them together I would, in a room. Not, I would not surprise if we couldn't get fucking press passes to go to one of those fucking things. I'm not going to one of those fucking things. Fuck all that shit. <laughs> and they're like, uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm Paul from uh, uh, mypodcast.com. We're podcasters. <laughs> we are podcasters. We're, we're not, not fucking be, news people. We're not going to be journalists because no. are they journalists? Are oh, they? Fuck no. Come on. Come on, Come man. On. You got Mel. You brought Meltzer and Brian Alvarez and put them in a room together, and then a fight happens down the hallway, they and you don't fucking pants. think they're gonna. You, 
that's another thing. Meltzer hangs out with the fucking Bucks and Kenny Omega sometimes. Don't be doing that shit. That's Stop right. that. You can't be a journalist and I'll be rip fucking on impartial. The, I'll rip on the EVPs for that, but like, uh, I'm going to wait to the end of AEW's legal investigation before I fucking... Well, I mean, listen. you just, This dark side of the ring ex- episode, though, is going <laughs> to be ex- fucking dope. What do you fucking expect? Okay, Tony Khan, come on, man. I mean, through the entire press conference with Punk fucking saying what he wanted to, he sat there like the girlfriend at the fucking happy hour whose boyfriend is fucking drunk and is saying all kinds of sideways mm. shit to everybody at the at the at the happy hour. That's and, his top draw. Of and course they, he's and they don't want to embarrass their boyfriend, yeah. but they don't want to fucking they're embarrassed that this person is is saying what they're saying and they got to go home with their boyfriend, but. <laughs> It's like they know they're being assholes. Mm-hmm. He was just—he's like an—he's like an old, you know, beaten girlfriend. But it's like what, what Tony Khan says. He, you know, if there's backstage drama, we have wrestling matches. So his mindset here is like, hey, no, if it's a shoot, let him shoot. You know, let's go. It let's brings money, go. and that's a terrible. I don't think that's. Uh, I think I think you now know what your limit is on this. Let's let the shit well, shit go. I can you know? almost guarantee you that entire locker room and the situation that happened between the Bucks. And it sounds like mostly it's the Bucks. I don't. I don't you know. know. I mean, I'm just saying we don't know. We. I don't there. know. But I can guarantee you. We also got to confirm those if the, little, the, if the I, EVPs you know, put that out in the dirt sheets. You know, for 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 uh, from a guy who's. Uh, you know, a straight edge guy that uh, couldn't fucking uh, like beat the lowliest guy in the UFC and, and well, a couple dude, of fucking fidgets. He was, he's that, in his late thirties when he went to the UFC. The what best, do you expect? And the best thing that they can fucking do is a fucking half ass super kick. I mean, I bet it wasn't much of a fucking fight. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Someone sounds like they have personal opinions on them before the story. I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> listen. Um you Here's know Chris it's Germany like, like, talking shit. I know that uh <laughs> I know that uh, I, I know that you know if it fucking if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably fucking duck. Sure, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So if it so if it walks like a fucking young buck and it quacks, I would like, like it. Big, I would like to interview these people later, but you know it's okay. Just go ahead. I mean, it's just my personal opinion. I don't. Yeah. Just, I'll be the heel. I don't care. Like it's just it's the honesty. Got your listen. I wrestle with some of the toughest motherfuckers that ever walked into a fucking ring. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I shared the locker room with some of the baddest motherfuckers, and you don't know how bad they are because maybe they didn't fucking get the push that guys like fucking Hogan did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in in a, in a in a real situation, they were fucking scary. You know, I've been in, you know you've been in bar situations with them, and you know you're like. Uh, somebody's gonna fucking get killed. Yeah, okay, you can you name saying? names? Well, I mean, I've said it before. I always said it to fucking people make fun of him for the fucking whole doink thing, but Matt Bourne was a fucking goddamn dangerous man. Damn. Matt Bourne was a... God, go on, go on. Matt Bourne was a fucking all-state f- fucking wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was a shooter. Like, I've seen him take dudes. I've been on the fucking, I've, I've been on the wrong end of it. Mm-hmm. I send him fucking, you go out and you have a little fun with him, and he starts to have fun and kind of loses. That, that whole maniac thing mm-hmm. was a little bit of a shoot. You know what I'm saying? Um, I See, he just started having fun and started dealing out pain. Well, and you know, yeah, it's just like you, it's like we used to make a joke when all of us were doing jobs on Saturday morning at the Sportatorium. Yeah. We used to walk in. You know, with a fucking piece of paper, and people go, "What's that piece of paper?" I go, "Fucking, I had my mom write me a note so I couldn't wrestle Matt Bourne." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it was fucking. You go like, and, and I was lucky enough to be on enough shows with him that he took a fucking liking to me. Thank God. And uh, and took care of me on some shit. You know, I, I tell the story that uh, there was a guy named Scott Braddock who was he was the like. Corporal Scott Braddock, he had a fucking army gimmick, and he turned heel, and so then he was chic Scott Braddock. You know what I'm saying? One of those. Oh, anyway, man. he wasn't a fucking great. Like y'all he, fucking, y'all fucking <laughs> hacked the Sergeant you know, Slaughter storyline. No, well, you know he was with fucking Akbar. <laughs> y'all and, y'all uh, hacked that fucking storyline. <laughs> you gotta do it. So the, you it was, gotta. Fuck. It was a goddamn territories. 
fucking. But that nobody was saw that's it. just verbatim, nobody, though. Nobody like, saw it outside what of What was that? Was there at least a, a change? Was there at least know. a little yes. twist? No, he wore the same gimmick. Oh, you serious? Yeah. That disappoints the fuck out of me. Anyway. <laughs> he was a super good guy, but at the time he hadn't had enough experience to be a really, really good wrestler. Yeah. Right. And so, and I used to, so I would get, I would, I would get to, like, he had more experience than me. I had a couple, three years in the fucking business more than me, but I was trained properly and I know how to, I knew how to fucking work. And, uh, and we were at a spot show and he called the spot and then fucked up the spot and tried to blame it on me. Okay. Oh, as you should. Anyway, yeah, like a fucking like, yeah, like you should. Anyway, come to the back, and he jumps my ass, you know, no in shit. front of the boys, just yelling it's at like, you. Yeah, yeah, in hey, face. yeah. He's like, hey, you fucked that spot up. I was like, I go, bro. Here's how the spot was called. This is how you called it. You called it incorrectly. If you would have called it this way, I'd have done it this way. Yeah. And uh, he came right back on me, and he, and Matt Bourne stood up and he goes, Hey, Braddock. He's like, why don't you shut the fuck up? I go, that kid's got a year in the business. He's three times the wrestler. You are at five years in the business. So, and so I was like, I, I looked at Matt like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Well, like, been nice of you to told me this in private. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? No, but I would anyway. have wanted to find it, find out that way. So at the, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. So at the end of the night, we always, <laughs> at the end of every spot show, we would always do a battle royal. Yeah. So and of course the baby faces had one. Did y'all do an all gimmick battle royal too, like an all legends battle royal? Did y'all steal that too? Anyway, (laughs) so so, you know the baby faces had a locker room, the heels had a locker room. Sure. And Matt, we're walking out. Matt goes. Matt takes this. You know we always had sharpies to sign autographs and shit. Matt picks up this massive fucking big marker, indelible marker. Yeah, yeah, one of those. And goes, uh, hey, uh, when we get out there, when I when I whistle at you, take the cap off this marker for me. And I go, okay. So uh, we go out there and we start wrestling. We're fucking probably three minutes into the battle roll. He goes over there and grabs Braddock by by the head and fucking headlocks him. And he goes, looks at me and whistles, and he hand, and he like sticks the marker out. So I take the top off the marker, and he fucking just covers Braddock's face, mustache face nostril oh sticks God. it up his nose his nostrils and it's indelible marker it's not coming off bro yeah and then he's got it up and his now nose. he's got he's just it's it. everywhere man oh, it's covered his man. face and he <laughs> he just fucking throws the marker out of the fucking th- takes Bragg, throws him over the top rope we get to the back and fucking Bragg's face is just covered with indelible marker <laughs> is he pissed? Yeah, he's pissed as fuck, but he's not going to do shit to Matt Bourne because Matt Bourne is a fucking terror. Jesus. So it's like, you, that's what people don't realize is that nowadays, there there, there are a few guys that are fucking bad shooters. I mean, we all know who they are. Yeah. You know what I'm Shelton Benjamin and fucking. Man, I wouldn't say Shelton Benjamin's I mean, bad, there though. are some fucking bad motherfuckers, uh, oh, bro. Oh, like yeah. bad, like, yeah. okay. Yeah, like, I mean, like, like motherfuckers, motherfckers that can shoot bad motherfuckers. I thought you like, meant like bad no, as in they're like, bad at No, like okay. Brock Lesnar bad. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Like scary motherfuckers. Like you get in the ring with you, you're like, please, Jesus. And I and, and and I would think punk. But there's a plenty of them that aren't. But I would think punk would be a pretty good shooter when you put him. He in, probably he probably is. But the point is, is that the Bucks aren't. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're all, all they've they've their entire careers have they have worked like they've arranged their entire careers over personality. Sure, they put their whole identity yeah, into the, it. The way they market on the internet. Yeah. And yeah. and one move, the fucking super kick. You know what I'm saying? The super kick has been overused yeah. as of late. So, you know, and, you know, they're slight young men. So, But you're in agreement with me that Kenny Omega is probably just like a an impartial I mean, party. I, would, I would think so. I'm sure Kenny Omega probably walked in to go, hey. Hey, you know, everybody chill out. No, he probably walked in to kind of just go, you know, hey, you asked us to come to your locker room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't but think. But when the shit really went down, and, and, and you said, you said yourself, if I'm not mistaken, punk through the first fucking punch. I mean, but yep. but if you're a real fighter, that's the way you want to fucking start shit. Yep. Because you so want to get the sense. fucking per- first punch in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To let the motherfucker know you're not fooling around. I just want it to be true that Kenny Omega grabbed the dog the first well, thing. Who knows? But I, I, I I'm want... sure, regardless, it's not, <laughs> the, it's not the business way to handle something. Sure. 
Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's I, not I just, the business way. When all this gets out, I want to still be able to root for Kenny Omega. It's like, that dude tried. He got the dog out of there. He was trying to break it up, and he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's that's how I want to look at it. Sure. Because of Kenny, because right now I'm looking at Punk, and I'm looking at the, the Young Bucks as just like, God, guys, guys. <laughs> sure. <laughs> guys, it's... It's fucking, it's fucking, it's fucking wrestling, guys. It's just, right. it's fucking, it's just fucking pro Come wrestling, on. guys. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, it's really, it's the, I mean, come on, we're losing, we're losing, uh, we're losing the focus on what this whole thing is about. You know what I'm saying? We're losing the focus on, just sell tickets. I understand, just sell tickets. I, I understand guys get their fucking feelings hurt, but you know what? When I was in the business, you and that, listen, I had a disagreements with guys I worked with. Sure. And groups of guys that I had worked with. When Kit and I were running NWA Southwest and calling the shots mm-hmm. and uh, Did you ever, calling the finishes. Oh, yeah, we had. Any fights? Yeah, we had. In fact, there was one point where. Matt Bourne. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I'd had Matt. Yeah. Um, there, were, there was one point uh, when we kind of started to take over the the uh calling the finishes and you know doing the book and stuff and uh we had a run-in and there was a group of there was a group of guys i'm not going to mention who they were but uh, oh come on what no 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 because okay. really they don't matter um, <laughs> but we went out and did the and the, they did a run-in and we scooted right sure. yeah and as we scooted kit headed to the back and I was standing there kind of squaring off on them and like, you know, you know, working the crowd. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And four of them came out after me. And now Kit's in the back and I'm taking off four guys. Sure. And, and all of a sudden it went from a work to a shoot. And I just start fear fighting, man. But you're And you're the booker. Well, yeah. And so they're going, oh, wow. Yeah, they're pissed. They're pissed because, you know, like now we're in charge. Mm-hmm. And they don't They don't get to, they don't, you know, they don't, well, what we say goes. And that's the way the, the promoter wants it. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and fucking, I just went out there fear fighting. Finally, Kit was in the back fucking taking his boots off and looked up and I wasn't back yet. And he heard commotion outside and he came out and we fucking squared him off. But and this was in front of a crowd. Yeah, man. Oh, oh yeah, it was the end of the show. Yeah. And they thought, well, this is the best time to do it, you know. And fucking, I was just taking motherfuckers and picking them up and slamming into the closest thing I could get my hands on. That it looked awesome. It probably did. It probably <laughs> did. You did you even care to hear <laughs> no, the I crowd didn't. reaction? No, I didn't. I didn't fucking care, bro. Yeah, you just, don't even. Re- no, man. Bro, I'm I'm sure there were so, chance. So so you know, but we t- look usually when we got to the back. In most cases, things were fucking settled. And mm. if they didn't, maybe it was a little, you exchanged a few words. But you knew, hey, if this is working in front of the crowd, why are we going to fuck it up back here? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was always my mentality. If I can handle, listen, I'd rather go out and do it in front of the crowd mm-hmm. and fucking make some money off of it than do it back here and, you know, have to grab a dumbbell. and. It's okay, sweetie. <laughs> uh, Missy's got to go to work. Yeah, Dan's uh, Dan's better half, and believe me when I say better half. <laughs> Sweetie, what do you think about Tony Khan? What's your What's your personal opinion? My personal opinion is that he's the weakest kid in the PE class who picked all the best players for kickball. That's a pretty good opinion. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't yeah. care how intense it no. gets. He's just happy he's to like, be involved. That's okay. He, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. He's, he's just glad to be here. No, 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 no. We're almost done. Gotcha. See ya. Having our own little media scrum. All right, right there here. we go. <laughs> uh, no, but that's the perfect. That's the perfect yeah, analogy man. because uh, he doesn't care how intense it gets. He's he, just gonna. You know, I mean, listen. It's not. It's not. It's good to be the king. Mm-hmm. At least you know. That's no, what... honestly, and I don't. You know, honestly, I think this is just the the uh, conditions where Mark has money, and this is what happens when a Mark has money and he opens up I've a fucking wrestling it. company. I've man, seen it before. Um, I don't know if he's on cocaine. Who, <laughs> Tony Khan? I don't know. Well, I if, would. Well, if he's not, he should be. It, oh, no, if he was, so dynamite happened, and that was actually one of the better dynamites because now there it was like. You know, when your computer's in recovery mode <laughs> after after a big crash, you know? 
Uh, it was a very well <laughs> done dynamite. Moxley was supposed to go on vacation, but since they had just suspended three stars and then one's gone for eight sure, months, you can't brought him back. Send one of your top guys. MJF brought the attention all back on him. Uh, God, dude, you want to talk? So who's uh, carrying the title now? It's a tournament. Okay. It's a tournament. That's a good idea. And then the winner of that tournament is going to give MJF a shot, presumably. But MJF came out. They were in Buffalo. He's in a Buffalo Bills jersey. He's doing the fake baby face. Now he's, yeah. Moxley interrupts him. Then MJF turns and then, like, immediately turns, rips off that, you know, Buffalo Bills jersey, immediately goes back to his old shit, just being over as fuck. Now he can, he can do no wrong, uh, except... Um, he started mentioning WWE, and these weren't even subtle Jesus. references. He started talking about using the title as a bargaining chip to go to the real wrestling company that has real wrestling oh my fans. God. And the best con in the business, good old Saint Nick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then quotes the game. He says, I'm going to quote my favorite wrestler to the game. Well, it's I what's if best he got for a, business. I wonder if he got any of that stuff approved. Mm. Or Tony Khan just said, hey, go out and do what you got to do. do. Go out and do your thing. Don't mention... See, it, it, there was a lot of the actual didn't mention a, um, the, the, the letters, scrum, the, okay, the brawl, oh, gotcha. did not mention that, but did on TV pretty much rank AEW number two, hmm. you know. But right. hey, that's what you pay the man for. Yeah, that's if he's going to be healed, be healed the right way. He's over as fuck, and that's what he does. You got to just accept what he says. At least he kept the brawl out of his mouth, you know. Yeah, I think everybody, it's like... Uh, it's like everybody knows what happened. You know, you don't have to mention. We all, you know, everybody and just knows to, to the have truth. the journalists there, those Jesus marks, Christ. like Meltzer and everybody. Oh, people going. Well, see, Punk, you've always been nice to me. Before they question, they well, before they ask a question. I gotta say, you've always been nice to me, Phil. I, I gotta say that uh, he just he did look like a nonchalant fucking asshole during that whole thing. You know. But, you know, he looked like a nonchalant asshole during the pipe bomb. He looks like a nonchalant right. asshole just standing there. That's just the way he looks, man. That's just the way that guy looks, and that's right. the that's the vibe when he's just going off is when he just looks like a nonchalant asshole. Look, if I wasn't fucking scared of three people coming to my door and shit, I would look like a nonchalant asshole, right. you know? Anytime you're pissed off and you're just putting it out there to anybody like let's just say you're in a big group of friends and you're pissed off at one friend and for whatever reason the level is i gotta call him out in front of all my friends right you're gonna look like a nonchalant sure. asshole yeah you're anyone right. in that situation that's true you know that's true um you know he was out of line but he was but i could see in his head him being right you right, know right, it got right. into a level he wasn't comfortable with and uh and he voiced his opinion on it now i don't know where he got the EVPs putting out that rumor in the dirt sheets. I don't know where he got that, but um, but you know we're just gonna have to wait for the AEW legal department. Yeah, we'll see how it take turns care out. I mean, it's plug all... the shows and uh, and and let's go have our own brawl, Chris. All right. <laughs> so uh, the seventeenth. September 17th, we're yes. at the Elks Lodge in Dallas. What's the number of that Elks Lodge, That's Chris? 71. Elks Lodge, 71, headlining Sam Damaris. It's going to be myself, Angela Owen, and Chris Germany. Uh, tickets on sale right now. Go to our Facebooks and go to the Counting Lights Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast, Twitter at counting underscore lights, or send us an email at countinglightspodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to talk about my move and whatever else happens we in shall see. this media, this, this, just whatever this is that AEW, <laughs> <laughs> the slow implosion of AEW. Right. We will continue talking about that. Uh, but this is the Counting Lights Podcast. He's Chris German. That's Dan Danzi. And this is the Counting Lights Podcast where comedy and wrestling lock up.